Welcome to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a Presbyterian USA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more information about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children, youth, and adults at ndpc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come and join us in person. That's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Barbara, I want to invite you to come forward to read scripture. You all heard today that Aaron already reminded you to go get some water. So if you haven't done it now, go get some water. Go to your kitchen, go to the bathroom, uh, go somewhere, get a cup, a mug, a bowl, a tureen, some kind of container, and bring it. Don't use your cup of coffee. We are going to sprinkle it on our heads, and coffee is not as desirable as water. So go get something now and hustle back so you can hear the scripture and a word from God this morning. As you listen to the gospel today, you will be able to look at a beautiful contemporary icon from the Ukrainian iconographer Danilo Ovchan. Note the field of blue that surrounds Christ. The waters, like the water of creation, the waters of birth, the water suspends everything within it. A reading from Luke. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven, you are my child, the beloved. You are my child, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The water that you have next to you, I hope, is life. Water in your cup, water in a bowl, water in your body. 
the water in this font. You feel it, Rick? Water is life. We have managed somehow to create a world in which we are alienated from the source of life. Ask people where water comes from. Ask a child where it comes from, and they will say, the tap. That is where your water comes from. Look at the picture. The Chattahoochee River is where our water comes from, all of it, the river that flows down from the hills of North Georgia and out to the Gulf of Mexico. Many of you live in the Peachtree Creek section of the upper Chattahoochee watershed. If you live a little farther south or a little farther east, you live in the South River watershed and your water flows the other direction. It flows east out to the Atlantic Ocean. Your true home as a creature on this earth is not defined by some arbitrary lines on a map. It's not a, a city or a county or a state. Your true home is your watershed. So goes the watershed, so we go. Water's life. Certainly you remember learning about the water cycle in school way back long ago. Surely that biology teacher's life was not in vain. You remember the water cycle? Water's all around us all the time. It never actually goes away. It's always in motion. Vapor and droplets filling the air around us, condensing and falling as rain or sometimes as snow, trickling and rushing downhill via streams and rivers into the ocean or sometimes into your basement. 70% of the water, the earth is water, right? 70% of the face of the earth is water. Water, it's always being drawn back up from the surface into the atmosphere. But not before billions of creatures on the earth take this water into our bodies. We drink it. Water is in almost every living cell on the face of this earth. Your own body, feel it this morning. Two-thirds of your body is water. Every life-giving chemical reaction in your body happens because of water. Water's always moving. It's always flowing, always shifting. Hydrodynamics, it's called. It's one of the most intriguing parts of physics. I mean this in a scientific and in a theological sense. Water is full of mystery of mystery. And there is no life without it. Our ancestors were much closer to water than we are. They had to be, right? Human beings have had to live close to fresh water to drink or to irrigate our fields. When water is plentiful, we thrive. When water is scarce, we suffer. 
Look all around the world and see where civilizations rose. They rose when there was living water. The Tigris and Euphrates rivers, the Yangtze River in China, the Nile River in Egypt. Drive across our own country and where you cross a river, there you will see fields and crops and there you will find people. Water is life. In one sense, water is the most utilitarian of substances on the face of the earth, but that is, of course, not all that it is. It is also the source of unspeakable beauty. We don't just drink it. We don't just bathe in it or cook in it. Water speaks to us. Water beckons us. We wonder at it. This next picture is a place that we visited this summer. The confluence of the Wisconsin and Mississippi rivers. Tim, do you have that picture? No. Okay, you won't see this. I'm going to describe it for you. We're standing on a bluff 200 feet above the Mississippi River. The Wisconsin River is coming in from the east, joining the Mississippi River that flows down from the north, and there is water as far as you can see. The sun is rising over the river on the east. Every one of you has a place where you go to be by the water, am I right? Every one of you has a place that comes to your mind, a place where you go to sit beside the water to be nourished, to be near it, to, to be near enough to see the way the sun plays on the face of the water, near enough to watch the wind cutting across the surface to create texture. You need to be near enough to the water to hear it, right? To hear it gurgle or murmur or sometimes roar. At a deep level in our inner being, we understand that living water among all things in the world is worthy of our worship. God leads us beside still waters. Water is life. You hear it, right? I'm saying it again and again and again. Water is life. And while it's almost invisible to us, we take it for granted too much of the time, it's far from invisible in our sacred story. The scriptures are saturated. They're drenched. 700 times water is mentioned in the, the Holy Bible. Just to give you a frame of comparison, prayer is mentioned 600 times. Water is mentioned more than prayer. Water's in the beginning, the primordial stuff from which God creates life. Water is there. Water is gently irrigating the garden in Eden. Water is the means by which God eradicates evil during the time of Noah. Water drowns the Egyptian army as they are pursuing God's people on their march to freedom. Water is a metaphor in the hands of the poets and the prophets of the scriptures. Jeremiah says, God is the fountain of living waters. The fountain of living waters. And Jeremiah warns y'all. He says, we better not exchange those waters 
for wells that we try to make with our own hands. Those wells will crack, he says, and dry up. The psalmist cries out to God, my flesh faints as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. But the prophet Isaiah, oh, Isaiah, talks about water all the time, and Isaiah promises that God will not leave us in that parched place. Isaiah says, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will do what? I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. That is God's promise, that God will sustain our bodies and our spirits with living water. It is echoed in the book of Revelation When God makes God's home with us in the city, there will be water in that city. The river of the water of life, bright as crystal, will flow from the throne of God and the Lamb. And it will flow through the middle of the street of the city. Jesus knew something about water also. It was by the water that Jesus called the disciples to come and follow. Jesus calmed the waves when they got too rough. And Jesus walked on the surface of the sea. Jesus heals a paralyzed man at the pool of Bethsaida. And a man who was blind was given sight by the pool of Siloam. Jesus meets a woman at a well, and they have a whole conversation, the longest one in the Gospels, and it's about water. And about more than that, Jesus says to her, whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. The water I give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And what are Jesus' final instructions when he sends the disciples out into the world for a life of service? Give people a cup of cold water. Friends, today we're going to remember our baptisms. I want you in your mind's eye right now to remember your baptism. You were somewhere particular. You were in a spot, one particular place on God's green earth. And there were people around you, people who held you or stood next to you, and there was water. You were baptized with water. Maybe you were plunged into a pool or pond. Anyone? Was anyone plunged? Oh, we got a plunge. We got two plunges back there. 
Most of you were probably gathered around a bowl like this and someone made a cup with their hands and they put it in the bowl and they poured the water on top of your head. The water in that font wasn't special water. It wasn't shipped in a golden urn from the Jordan River. It was tap water. But anyone who believes that the water of our baptism is just water is not paying attention. Every drop of water is a hydrological miracle of evaporation and condensation and precipitation. Water is around you all the time. It's under you. It's in the air above us. It is inside you, catalyzing every action of your life, every thought, every dream you have. Water is there. Water cleans and heals your body. Water nourishes. Water restores you. And yes, water even forgives your sin and frees you from your captivity. Water is a gift. It is freely given. And it is meant to be freely shared. Beloveds of God, when you were baptized... You were joined into the mysterious hydrodynamics of God. You were baptized into life. And that life never ends. So let's celebrate this morning. Get your water. I've got some water for you guys. Just stay away, pay attention. But if you're at home, get your water out. Now's the time. Pick it up and look at it and put your hand in it. Run your hand through that water. Let it pour off your fingers. See its motion. It's always in motion. Let's remember the promises of our baptism together. The first promise affirms that God's mercy is stronger than any power that would otherwise shape our lives. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God... Do you renounce evil again and turn from the power of sin? If so, say we will. We will. The second promise in your baptism affirms that the love that is in Christ is in you. Do you trust in Jesus Christ? And will your life be conformed to the life of Christ? If so, say we will. We will. And the third promise goes back to sharing that cup of water. Will you pour out your own life so that you might nourish the lives of others in this church and in the whole household of God? If so, say, we will. Friends, the justice of God rolls down like water. The mercy of God is like dew on the grass each morning. The healing river of God always flows. So if you're at home, go ahead and put some water in your hand. Remember that you are baptized by water and the Spirit. And know that water is life. Let the church say, Amen. Friends, do you want to stand? Make sure I'm getting you. Am I getting you? Oh, yeah.
Water is what? Life. Water is life. Water is life. Thanks be to God. Amen.